If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for Louisiana man. So raw's enough that both are faded love, and let's all dance. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. Davis, to step up in the pocket, gonna heave it for the end zone, and it is caught! It's caught! It's a touchdown, Whitley! Going to throw, throws back. He's on the Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, your Texas high school football podcast. Starting this week, Tuesday's show will include our small town spotlights and the recap from all the big games from around the state and all the classifications. Some of the bigger districts are starting to begin district play, which will slowly dwindle down the amount of games we get from cross classifications. But on the bright side, that just means the stakes are going to get higher and higher as district play unfolds. So without further ado, Tobin, let's get this thing rolling. All right, y'all, we are going to give you a little recap on the 6A top 25 and how they fared this week. Starting out with number one, Austin West, like they were off. A showdown of two Houston schools. Number two, Katie beats the Woodlands 21-14. Moving up into the DFW, we have number three, South Lake Carroll and they take down number 11, Arlington Martin, 31-7. to In one of our games of the week where we got to speak with Coach Rodney Webb, number four, Tascacita traveled up to UNT to take on Denton Geyer, and Geyer came out victorious, 46-35. Number six, Rockwall lost to the Highland Park Scots, 52-31. Coach Samples take down number 20, DeSoto, in a district matchup, 42 42- 21, and that gets Coach Samples his 300th win. Number eight, Katie Tompkins over Clear Creek, 57-7. Number nine, Rockwall Heath, in a high-scoring game, beats McKinney, 75-35. And Lake Travis open up their district slate with Sam Marcus, and they come out on top, 45-6. Number 12, Spring Westfield was off this week. Number 13, North Shore beats Klein Oak, 58-34. Number 14, Spring Lions got a week of rest as they were off this week. Number 15, Allen beats Tyler Legacy, 49-28. Moving into the 210 area code, number 16, San Antonio Brennan beats Warren, 48-21. Number 17, Euless Trinity down Saginaw Boswell, 55-20. Number 18, Cibolo Steel takes down East Central, 49-7. Texas A&M commit Connor Wigman and number 19, Bridgeland, we're off this week. Number 20, DeSoto, like we mentioned, loses to Duncanville. Number 21, Clear Falls beats Cinco Ranch, 37-21. A matchup of the 5-1-2, number 22, Round Rock beats Cedar Ridge, 21-13. In a weird game, number 23, Midland Lee versus Arlington Bowie was canceled due to lightning, but Legacy was up 29-0, but because it was canceled in the second quarter, it rules as a no contest. Before the Louisville Farmers had a bye week. And to round out our top 25 for 6A, Cy Park beats Cy Springs 62 to 7. Alrighty, Tobes, I'll go ahead and take us into 5A D1. 
Number one, Denton Ryan took down Denton High 55-28. Number two, College Station High School took care of business with New Caney Porter 45-3. And Manville went down to Terry and won that one 41-6. As we mentioned earlier, Highland Park 5A D1 took care of top 10 ranked 6A Rockwall 52-31. Going down to the 361, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial took care of Victoria East 63-22. Longview went across state lines to show everybody who's boss over there in Arkansas. They took down Bryant, Arkansas, 24-21. Colleyville Heritage was off this week. Frisco Lone Star beat Frisco Independence, 38-21. And number nine, Tascosa up in Amarillo took care of San Angelo Central, 46-28. And Katie Paytow took down Fort Ben Kipner, 65-0. We're going to transition into 5A D2, and that starts with number one, Alito winning 56-14 over Burleson. Two, Fort Bend marshaled Downs, Houston Northside, 72 to nothing. For three, Lovejoy wins 49 to seven over District Foe Denison. Number four ranked Huntsville comes up short to CE King, 49 to six. Number five, A&M Console loses a tough one, 24-17 to Willis. Number six, Ennis pitches a shutout, 28 nothing over Greenville. Like we mentioned, number seven, Denison, falls to their district opponent, Lovejoy. Number eight, Lubbock Cooper beats Crosstown rival Monterey, 28-21. The Liberty Hill Panthers fall in a 5-1-2 showdown against Austin LBJ, 41-34. And to round out the top 10, Birdie Champion takes down Laredo United, 42-14. So moving on in a 4-A-D-1. Number one, Argyle finally had a real competition here. They squeaked it out versus number seven, Waco La Vega, 17 to 14. Argyle actually only had one offensive touchdown. The other one came on a kick return. It was a very back and forth game. Tobes was all over it on Twitter for the Clear Eyes, Full Hearts podcast. If you ever want to keep up with the games with us, go check us out on Twitter. Number two, Cal Allen had a bye week. They'll travel to Kerrville Tyvee next week. Austin LBJ avoids the upset against Liberty Hill. They squeaked it out by a touchdown, 41-34. And then number four, Midlothian Heritage, was actually upset by Melissa by a score of 48-28. Number five, Tyler Chapel Hill took care of center, 51-29. Stephenville takes down Abilene Wiley, 37-7. We talked about Waco La Vega and how they gave a scare to Argyle. El Campo wins the Wharton County Showdown over the Wharton Tigers by seven touchdowns by a score of 70 to 21. Number nine, Paris, they skunked Anna 41 to zero. And Springtown Porcupines, number 10 in 4AD1, they poked Godly where it hurts by a score of 52 to 20. And some other notable scores from around 4AD1, the Monahans Lobos improved to four and zero by taking down Fort Stockton 28-21. Wimberley beat Fredericksburg 30 to 16. And Seeley loses to Stafford 28 to 14. Tobes, let's take it to 4A D2. Moving into our smaller division in 4A, we start out with number one Carthage Dogs. They had a bye this week. Number two, Gilmer took down Lindell in the East Texas Showdown 49-35. Salina takes care of business to and beats Paul Pewitt 42-6. And one of our games of the week. West Orange start outlast Newton, 40 to 26. Number five, China Spring plays Lampasas and rolls 47 to seven. The Belleville Bramers light the scoreboard up and win handily against Rockdale, 67 to seven. 
Number seven, Cuero loses on a late field goal to Geronimo Navarro. Final on that game is 29-27. Moving to number eight, Wimberley. The Texans roll over Fredericksburg, 30-16. Number nine, Van takes down Pittsburgh, 49-12, and we're not talking about the Steelers. And to round out 4AD2, Sinton loses in a tough one to Corpus Christi Miller, 34-30. Other notable games in that 4AD2 are LaGrange, and they took on Lockhart. They came out victorious, 37-21. And our friend Coach Gibson and the cadets traveled to East Texas to play Palestine. Unfortunately, came out on the losing side of that one, 31-22. So that brings us into 3AD1. Number one in defending state champions, Tuscola Jim Ned beat Cisco 28-14. The number two Brock Eagles fly by Iowa Park 41-6. Number three Tatum beat Hughes Springs 56-14. Number four Grandview loses to last week's small town spotlight, Glen Rose by 30, 54-24. Maybe we should just uh, have people pay us to put them on the small town spotlight. be interesting to keep a track of how they do going forward. Number five, Gladewater lost to Kilgore, 54-0. They played up a classification. Number six, Howitzville travels down Highway 90 and Hands Rise Consolidated, a 54-3 loss. Number seven, Industrial beats Tidehaven, 45-10. Number eight, Yoakum left Needville Blue with a 41-14 win. Number eight, Yoakum left the Jays Blue by a score of 41-14. Mount Vernon was off and will resume next week versus Emory. Number 10, West beat Rogers by a touchdown, 35 to 28. And a couple other scores from around the division. Columbus pulled away from Edna in the second half and beat the Cowboys, 40 to 21. East Chambers squeaked one out over Lumberton, 23 21. And then the Clifton Cubs lost by 15 to McGregor, 35 to 20. Transitioning into 3AD2, we have number one, Franklin rolling over Troy, 65 to 10. Number two, Gunter takes care of business against Pilot Point by a score of 59 to six. Like we mentioned earlier, number three, Newton falls to West Orange start 40 to 26. Then number four, Childress Bobcats pulled out a tough one over Shallow Water, 30 to 28. The number five, Holiday Eagles soar over Bells, 27-14. Number six, Wascom taking care of business against ARP winning 56 to 6. The number seven West Rusk Raiders roll over San Augustine, 62 to 7. Number eight Canadian bounces back beat Perryton, 51-28. The number nine, uh, the number nine Abernathy Antelopes down post by a score of 33 to 7. And number 10, the Poth Pirates fall to Shiner, 39 to So 2AD1, here we go. Number one, Refurio takes down Sabinall. Number two, Shiner plays up a division and wins 39 to 10 over Poth. Number three, Timpson 55 to 20 over Price Carlisle. Number four, Crawford 31 to six over Holland. Number five, Cisco, like we mentioned earlier, gave number one in 3A, Jim Ned, a good game falling 14 to 28. Number six, Mason lost to 3A D1 wall 20 to 14. Number seven, New Deal beat Bovina. Number eight, Holly takes down winners 49 to zero. Number nine, Beckville beat West Sabine, 48 to 21. And number 10, Forsen beat McCamey, 48 to 27. Some other games of interest. This week, we're going to be covering Dawson and Hubbard. They both lost last week. Dawson lost to Bremont, 40 to 26. Hubbard to Valley Mills, 42 to 14. Hubbard was without their quarterback, which is a big deal in a 2A matchup. 
Lexington beat Marlin 33-21, and Weimer defeated Brazos 13-9. Tobes, let's finish her up with 2AD2. Moving into the smallest division in 11-man football, 2AD2. Always starts out with the number one Mark Panthers, and doing like they do, they roll over Whitney 49-13. Number two, the defending champion, Winthorpe Trojans, light the scoreboard up against Seymour by a score of 60-20. to Number three ranked Munster Hornets sting Lubbock Trinity, 35-24. The number four Albany Lions roar over Haskell, 62-0. The number five Wellington Skyrockets had a cancellation against Groover. Not really sure what happened in that one, but we will keep you updated as we find out more. The number six Stratford Elks fall to Bushland, 21-14. The number seven Tenaha Tigers aren't able to bounce back as they lose to Tyler Grace, 36-14. The number eight, Falls City Beaver, chew up Flatonia, 36 to zero. Number nine, Vega loses to Spearman, 24 to six. And Spearman was without four-star Brennan Thompson. Number 10, El Dorado puts up a lot of points and a big win over Wink, 72 to 38. Other notable games, Chilton traveled to Axtell for their homecoming and took care of business as they won 47 to zero. Those are our 2A D2 top 10 scores. My hometown spotlight for this week is West Texas. This one's kind of near and dear to me just because it's uh, about 20 minutes away from my hometown of Hubbard. So West was founded in 1892 and is known as the Czech capital of Texas. It's also home to the official Kalachi of the Texas legislature. West was founded after the Katy Railroad was built between Hillsboro and Waco. One of the main attractions of West is a big festival called West Fest. It's held every Labor Day weekend. Westfest was founded in 1976 to raise money for a variety of projects around the town. At Westfest, you'll find multiple competitions from the Kalachi 5K to an actual Kalachi eating contest. That sounds pretty fun. At night, you'll find concerts and your favorite pivo being consumed. Notable people from West, Scott Pesednik. Pesednik is a major league baseball player and is known for his role in the 2005 World Series where the Chicago White Sox took down the Houston Astros. He basically was like a one-man wrecking crew for the White Sox. I remember watching the, the, that series when I was young, a younger kid, and uh, just Pesednik was just making plays and timely hits that whole playoffs. It was just super fun to watch. Um, what are the not- Some of the notable eateries include the West Pizza House as well as the Czech American. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the multiple Kalachi bakeries, most notably the Czech Stop, Slovacic's, Village Bakery, and my actual personal favorite, Garrick's, which they have a pecan roll that is absolutely amazing. If you're ever in West, stop there. One of the other attractions of West is the West Pool. It's a massive pool that's considered the largest spring-fed pool in Texas. If you're from Central Texas, you've definitely heard of the West Pool and how crowded it gets during the summer. Transitioning over to their sports team, the West football team's actually ranked 
number 10 right now, and they're 4-0 and on the young season. They have 25 playoff appearances with no state titles. However, West is known all around the state for being a baseball power. They've won multiple state championships in baseball and have sent a lot of kids on to the next level. On the girls' side of the things, the Lady Trojans are solid as they made a run to the regional quarterfinals last year and are a mainstay when it comes to the softball playoffs. That's my hometown spotlight of West Texas. You know, there's always this big, I wouldn't say argument, but there's definitely been uh, shade thrown back and forth between those folks from Central Texas and the folks from Southeast Texas when it comes to who is the true Czech capital of the world. I I know that down here, LaGrange specifically is going to be my small town spotlight this week. And it's hilarious that you chose West because I chose LaGrange and LaGrange actually has the Texas Czech heritage and cultural center in LaGrange. And when Harvey came through, the Czech Republic donated a million dollars to the city of LaGrange due to the amount of Czechs in the area. There's also, there's also a Czech heritage museum in West as well. So, I mean, at this point you know we're splitting hairs and we're not going to agree on this one yeah i know we're not going to but it was- i think the only way to settle this is a football game or you know maybe you know we bring the best kolache eater from west and the best kolache eater from uh lagrange and just settle it that way oh you're losing on that one because rushka's would be counted as lagrange and rushka's is next level stuff well i'm talking about actually like because what in west for west fest they have a kolache eating contest yeah, so, so that's what we have. That's just to settle it right there. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways, I was, th- I just thought it was hilarious that we both chose that and it wasn't yeah. like we planned it out or anything. It just kind of worked out that way, but I will tell you, it's, it's, it's a fun bickering argument oh, Get, yeah. getting into arguments with people from central Texas that just swear by the West, especially so, like when we were at A&M, because like, you know, there's a bunch of central Texas kids that come from, you know, to, to A&M. And it's all about the West Kalachis, you know? Right. They, they're loving on the West Kalachis. And I'm like, I can name three places in three different towns that are world beaters. And, I mean, you've got projects, you've got uh, Rushkas and Ellinger, and then there's a third yeah. one that I can't ever remember. Well, and see, everybody, you know, always thinks the check stop. And the check stop's really good is the place to go. But the two the two favorites from what I've heard and where, where I go are the Village Bakery and Garrick's. They're more of like the uh, – I guess more of that hometown and, you know, they just been there for a long time. One, one is uh, the, the check stop is more of your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More of your touristic yeah. stop. And then the other ones are more of a, like a, a true staple. Like the, the locals are going to go there and tell you exactly. this is where you need to go. And I will say this though, if it's a late night though, check stops will do in a check stop will do in a pinch. It's not bad. It's just the other two are my favorite. Yeah, I got you. So, but you know, that's just like I said, like we're talking about, that's really, really, it's a really funny coincidence that we chose those two this week to talk about. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, we'll get some arguments on the boards today on, on, on the Facebook comments and, and maybe we'll get somebody that's been the boat to give us a rundown or, you know, maybe somebody can just send us some kolaches from both. I'm not going to say no to that ever. Well, the thing is, is I'm in Hubbard right now, and so I'm about 20 minutes away from West. So I might just t- all this talk about it. I might have to run over there one of these days and grab one. Okay, so this is this will tell me your heritage because I I have Czech heritage in my blood. Um, what do you call the ones with sausage in them? Aren't they uh, 
they're Klobosniks, right? In that. Yeah, there's there's a couple of different pronunciations depending on like yeah. whether your grandparents a, are German, Czech, Moravian, or what or whatever. Yeah, a kolache, a kolache, and people don't realize this. A kolache has a, a a fruit filling or like a cream cheese or something like that in it. Yeah, and I don't necessarily. I guess you technically could have a meat kolache, but I think the kolache is the way the bread is made with the pit mm-hmm. in it, and you put something in the pit. Right, right. Uh, uh kloboshnik is going to have the meat inside wrapped around it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank God you say jalapeno tubs because I've met a couple people in the last couple of years that don't pronounce it correctly. They say jalapeno, and it drives me. You're not drinking a, a Mexican wine. It's jalapeno. Well, there's a there's a there's an inye for that in that yeah. gives it the yo. Yeah, who drives me up that? a wall? I hope I don't offend anybody that says that, but you were dead wrong if you say jalapeno. It's jalapeno. So this, we're not here to make fun of you. We are here to wake you up. You know, yeah. Uh, it's it, it's we're, time to wake. It's time to wake up the country. It's not jalapeno. It's jalapeno. And yes. a kolache has the pit with fruit or cream cheese or some kind of filling in it. Yeah. And kloboshniks, or for those of you that don't want to say that, just say sausage roll. Yeah. Yep. Sausage roll with cheese. Sausage roll with cheese and jalapeno. Pan sausage roll. Gotcha. Exactly. Now that we've had our cultural lesson for the week from the I, I hope that I hope that people realize that we're just, you know, we're just trying to educate them. We're trying to better America. Yeah, we're exactly. basic. We're basically just as good as teachers. I mean, I used to be a teacher. So. Now the Czech capital of Texas may be in West, but the birth of Czech, Texas was in Fayette County. That's where I'm gonna take you today for my small town spotlight, specifically the county seat of Fayette County, LaGrange. Located roughly 100 miles west of Houston and 60 miles east of Austin, LaGrange is nestled in green rolling hills and the city itself sits in the valley of the Colorado River. With its history dating back to the days of Spanish reign, it was first inhabited by Anglo-Americans in the 1820s when Stephen F. Austin's colonists settled in the area. One of these colonists was John H. Moore, who built a compound known as Moore's Fort. He opened it up for people seeking refuge from Native American attacks. By the 1830s, a small community had grown around the fort, and in 1837, Moore donated some of the land to the community, and the city of LaGrange was officially incorporated. It was named the county seat one year later of the newly formed Fayette County. Over the next 50 years after incorporation, word of LaGrange and its common landscape to Germany and Czechoslovakia made its way to Europe and immigrants from there took over the town. So much so that by the 1880s, the majority of the businesses in town were owned by German and Czech citizens. At that time, LaGrange had three newspapers, one for English, one in Czech, and one in German, if that help explains the influence those cultures had on the town. To this day, there's actually a Czech Heritage Center near the Fayette County Fairgrounds, just outside of town, where they're putting up many refurbished old Czech homes to try and revitalize the heritage and create a little community of Czech businesses and homes. Another fun fact that Tobes and I talked about earlier 
is that after Hurricane Harvey, the Czech Republic actually donated a large sum of money to the city of LaGrange. If that tells you anything about how the culture of Czechoslovakia is, is still represented in LaGrange. Like I said earlier, they are the county seat and they host the Fayette County Fair every Labor Day weekend. The Fayette County Fair is often known to have some of the best names for their musical entertainments from the Tri-County area. Now, that's not the only thing there is to do in LaGrange. There's things for all ages. For instance, you're only 15-ish minutes from Fayette Lake where some of the best fishing in the area can be found. There is also a quilting museum that hosts a huge quilting show every year for the kids and, and the basic girls that want to take pictures for Instagram. There is the Jersey Barnyard where you can go to a pumpkin patch every fall and throughout the year you can go and see and pet numerous farm animals. As for the places to eat, there's plenty of options in LaGrange. If you're looking for an adult beverage, there's the Bodega Wine Market and Reba's, which is a brick pizza restaurant slash bar that hosts trivia night on Thursdays. They also have Las Fuentes, which is some of the best Mexican food in the area. And we can't forget all the different Czech and German bakeries in the area. Weichel's is the most well-known and the best bakery that is actually in LaGrange. However, there's also Lucas Bakery that I have not been to but have heard good things about. But then there's the granddaddy of them all, and it's actually about 10 minutes down the road in Ellinger, and that is Rushka's. I promise you, they are the best kolaches and sausage rolls you will have in your life, and that's a fact, Jack. Go check them out. Some of the famous folks from LaGrange include Homer Bailey, who has thrown multiple no-hitters in the majors for the Cincinnati Reds and recently retired. J.K. Dobbins, who was the Big Ten rushing champ in 2019 and came in third in the NCAA in rushing yards. He is now with the Baltimore Ravens, where he ran for 800 yards in a loaded backfield last year as a rookie. He's currently on the IR with an injury, but there are big things expected from him in the future. Ty Gunn was a quarterback that played for LaGrange and won them a state title in 2000, and he also went to TCU and led them to an upset over number seven Oklahoma in 2005. As I mentioned, in 2000, LaGrange won the state title in football. They have one other title in 1975. They have made three they have made three trips to the state championship game and taking home the title twice. They've made the playoffs 25 times, but since the early 2000s, the Leopards have kind of struggled to make the same kind of deep runs that they did in the 2000s and the 90s. Where the Leopards really succeed is on the diamond. We can start with the softball team. I was only able to go back about 13 seasons and found that the Lady Leps have not missed the playoffs over the last 13 softball seasons. In that time span, they have lost a combined 12 district games and they've won the state title twice. Combine that with 2005 and that brings you three softball titles for the Lady Leps. As for baseball, they have four titles with three of them coming between 2000 and 2013. While their volleyball team hasn't finished on top yet, they have historically been one of the toughest outs in 4A or 3A Region 4. Part of the reason they haven't made the state championship run is having to go through towns like Fredericksburg and Wimberley every year to get to the finals. I know that is a lot, but that is my small town spotlight, LaGrange, Texas. Alrighty, everybody. So that's all we have for y'all today. Hope you enjoyed the small town spotlights. We enjoyed catching everybody up on the weekend scores. Be on the lookout this week as we have our primetime picks in our two games of the week. We have Hubbard and Dawson and the Battle of Highway 31. It's Hubbard's homecoming 
and clear eyes, full hearts will be in attendance and getting some interviews from coaches and getting you prepared for that big rivalry game this week. As well as Belleville and Columbia, as the Roughnecks travel up to the pasture of pain, we'll have an interview with head coach Brent Mayshack as the Roughnecks head up to Belleville this weekend. And we'll get you all caught up on that and everything else going on around the state. Just be on the lookout. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram so you don't miss a minute. We'll see you later this week. Tobes, see you tomorrow. Later, buddy. Don't drink lamb on May Day.